0: The Animation Podcast, April thirtieth, two
1: thousand five. Go and Fenner, what's this? do meet me. That's it. Dumble. Oh, Walk on me eyes of each man. Hey, right on the button. <laughs> Don't let me fill it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey everybody, this is Clay. Welcome to show number one of the Animation Podcast. First, I want to thank you for coming by and checking out the show, and uh, I think if you're an animation fan, you'll be glad you did. Now, I don't want to talk too much up front about the show because I want to get to the guest, but I do want to say that The main inspiration for this show is uh, the fact that so much of what I know about animation comes from reading handouts and lecture notes and uh, interviews of great animators of the past. And it's always a rush for me when I see some new clip of video or someone has an audio file that, you know, really gives you insight into who they were and what it was like when they were creating such amazing work. So my big idea here is to get together with the amazing talent working in animation today and let them tell us in their own words who they are and what they think about animation. So I'll cover some more details about the podcast after the interview, but for now, let's just get on with the show. I couldn't be more excited about my first guest. His 25-year animation career has brought life to so many classic characters, including Scar, Jafar, Hercules, Gaston, Lilo, and even Mickey Mouse. He has built a legendary collection of animation art that rivals any that I know of, and he's a walking encyclopedia of all things Nine Old Men. It's hard to find a more passionate proponent for the art form of animation, and I'm honored to present part one of my interview with Andreas Deja. Well, the first thing, uh, could you just pronounce your name? Because I've heard your name said probably
1: five different ways, and I don't know if any of them are right. Well, it's interesting because when I came here, it was Deja. Andreas Deja, because that's what we say in Germany. That's, that's what I grew, and grew up with. So it's a like German that. name? It's a... No. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually... It's a French word. It means already. So it's, so it's actually a word. But me being born in Poland, so it's all a little bit, bit complicated. I think that word or the name came from the fact that there was a movement in the Middle Ages uh, by some French farmers that moved to Poland. The Huguenots, and so I think I'm a Huguenot. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but when I came to this country, people can't really say deja, or it's just a strange word to, to say. So um, then the Spanish people say, is it deja? And I say, why, why don't we say deja? Because it is a French word, like deja vu. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's, it's deja.
0: Okay, great. <laughs> and, and Andreas, right? Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Well, that's good to know. So I guess the the first question I was curious about is was art a, a big in your life when you were growing up? Was your family artistic, or did it
1: just kind of come from you? Not really. my My family was sort of a workers' family, like middle class, maybe even a little lower middle class. Um, and no, they were not really into art, whether music or or painting. Uh, their their tastes were. Very middle range I mean they were, you know in Germany, people like to have these old paintings of a stag in the, in the in the german Alps you know that, that yeah, kind of cliche yeah. and they're, and they like that kind of stuff and uh, music wise uh, they just listen to umpapa music, I hate to say, <laughs> you know no classical music, nothing um, so my introduction to art really came through comic strips really way back when I was a kid yeah and um remember a friend of mine gave me about like five or six. I was still in kindergarten, and my parents didn't buy me any comic strips because that was just not good stuff, you know, read a good book, basically. But um, I was immediately fascinated with the images, you know, and the, the stories and all that, especially Disney comics. Had you seen animation at that time? Or? No. Uh, maybe a few clips. No, we didn't even have a TV way back when I was five. We had it later when I was seven or eight maybe even nine, we had it way late. And uh, it was a black and white TV, and I remember they had the wonderful world of Disney in German, Walt speaking German, which is pretty (laughs) funny. (laughs) Uh, Guten Abend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, I just remember those clips from Mickey Mouse shorts. Those I remember very vividly. Mm -hmm. And just the roundness of Mickey Mouse and just how insanely appealing that was and how as a kid I just couldn't take my eyes off this. So that was the first contact, and I think that's probably how it started.
0: Uh huh. And I've heard you say that uh, I think Jungle Book was the first film you went to? Or?
1: Yeah, then a few years later, because, again, my parents didn't, didn't take us kids. I have two sisters, didn't take us to the movies. It just wasn't that kind of thing. And uh, so I had a little pocket money, and um, it came out, let's see, in 67. It's kind of 68, so I was 11 years old when Jungle Book came out in Germany. And yeah, that was my my first feature, and changed my life forever. Yeah, and <laughs> like what was it about it? From one day to the next, it was it's really weird. It was uh, I'd, I'd seen some clips, you know, on TV. This movie's coming up, new Walt Disney movie, and of course, then, and I had to see it. And I took a friend, and we had to t- t- take a train. It was, it was playing in this in a town because we lived in this sort of small village almost. And um, it's hard to explain. It was like kind of the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your whole life, you mm-hmm. know. So how can that not uh, change you? Right. And then I remember I wanted to see it over and over again, and my mom got really concerned. And she said, said, no, dear, you just saw it yesterday. (laughs) I said, can I have two more marks? You know, I want to see the movie again. And I
0: I just wouldn't get tired of it. Uh Did you... You know, at the time when you saw it, did you realize that you wanted to be an animator, or was it just something that just totally captured your imagination? And- no, I actually wanted to do this. Oh, you saw that because i always drawn.
1: I'd, I'd drawn since kindergarten. Okay. Ever, ever, ever since I can remember, actually, I, I drew always something.
0: You know. And did you realize that people? There was this job to draw cartoons? Or did you kind of see the movie and put the two together and realize this is where I'm going?
1: Yeah, I'd read some articles about animation in in magazines and newspapers about that there are people, artists called animators, who make these drawings move. So I I knew that. Hmm. And I knew Walt Disney was in Los Angeles. I knew that too. It took me about another year to write a letter the help of my English teacher, because my English wasn't really there, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I sent this letter with basic questions. You know, how how do I train myself to become a Disney animator? You know, what, what sort of schooling? And uh, so they wrote me back a few weeks later, and mm, that was good. <laughs> no, that was I mean, can you imagine? Because you have to see when when you live over there in Europe, it's so far away, especially in those days. Now everything is a lot closer, but way back, America was seemed to be so abstract and so far away. And all of a sudden, you have a letter with the Mickey logo or Disney Productions. I mean that was a treasure, just the envelope. Yeah, you know, it yeah. was unbelievable because it was all of a sudden real.
0: Yeah, I used you know? to uh, I call the studio and hang up. <laughs> you know, I just call oh, and wait no. for them to answer, then I hang <laughs> the phone up. <laughs> I was freaked out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I can imagine just getting the letter and it just—it yeah.
1: just becomes real because yeah. this place sent it to you, right. you know. And and sure enough, they answered all oh, my question. It was just a form letter. Uh, But they answered all those questions, you know, and I remember the the main one, the major one saying, you know, don't send us any copies of our cartoon characters because you can can learn those later, you know. So you have to become an artist first and observe and do life drawing, spend time at the zoo, all of those things. And uh, it didn't really make sense right away. But then once I saw more features like Bambi was being reissued, then I remembered those uh, things that they said in the letter about being an artist and knowing anatomy. I was like getting it all of a sudden, yeah. just seeing Bambi being animated. I thought, yeah, you have to know where the ribcage is and the knee and the heel, of course. And it clicked and then, then you couldn't stop me. Then I was at the zoo all the time. And I, I think I started live trying when I was 15. Uh, Which seemed a little early, especially to my parents. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was funny because. Was it
0: like nude figure drawing? Yeah, Yeah. it
1: was. Uh, And I brought the first drawings home. They wanted to see what I did. And there's these nude women, you know, on paper. And my dad, I remember, said, So, so how do you do this? Did you guys have photographs and you work from photographs? And I said, No, we had somebody. They were shocked. Mm-hmm. Again, my parents don't know anything about art. Right, you know? right. Bless them. <laughs> but uh, uh, I had to explain, and I had to think about that for a while. It seemed kind of weird. And, but then they were fine with it, and so yeah. I just moved on. And so
0: did you, did you have a plan, like, I'm going to you know, go to school here, and then I'm going to end up at Disney? Or did you just realize that I'm just going to spend all this time becoming a better artist and see where it takes me? No, it was pretty much
1: geared toward Disney, yeah. even at that young age. I thought, what you're going to do is you're going to try. You're really going to try to make it happen. But it probably won't work because Disney is on such a high level. This is who they are. You know, I mean, come on, don't, don't kid yourself. But somehow you, you had this sort of, uh, I guess, passion or instinct where you want to give it your best shot anyway. So work all those years. But, you know, also, um, it was really fun. It wasn't just like, oh, I have to do this portfolio. I have to go to the zoo. I loved that mm-hmm. and loved seeing yourself getting, getting better Later on, I bought some Super 8 clips from Disney movies, you know, and I had a little uh, screener, and I could study things frame by frame. And that opened up a whole new world of studying. Yeah. It was exciting. I loved doing all that because I thought all this might lead to a job at Disney. Right.
0: Maybe. Right. You know. And at any point there, did you actually try animation, or were you just strictly drawing? No, I did. Mm-hmm. I did. And,
1: you know, stupid. It was I, I, <laughs> I did cell painting and backgrounds. You the know? whole thing. <laughs> that, that stuff doesn't really matter, of course. You know, you can just use pencil and paper and do pencil tests. Right. Really yeah, learn but, it. I mean, as a kid, you know, you, you know, think I, you have
0: to do the whole package. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do a story at the zoo, uh, like an animated short, and uh, because I had spent so much time in, in zoos. And um, I remember I did a couple scenes about a... A guy who was feeding a fish to the seals. A <laughs> painting of all the cells of the fish flying across, and then I had a camel that was going to walk, screen left, and I got so confused. <laughs> what's <laughs> supposed to happen with the legs? And I think that was not more than one second. You know, but but I shot it. Right. And even though it was horrible, but I thought it was kind of wonderful. Oh yeah. You I know, it was your first stuff ever, and it does move awkwardly, yeah. but to see something you've made. There it is, yeah. Yeah. And then um, later on, I think I was about 18, I took a trip to London because I had heard of Richard Williams Studios and them doing these commercials, these animated commercials. So once I got there, they showed me some pencil tests of these commercials. And then it became all clear that's where the stuff is. This is is really all you need is just doing pencil tests. So then I went back home and did pencil tests and shot them on my Super 8.
0: Did you actually go to um, school for animation or uh, an art college or something like Uh, that?
1: What it was, um, I had met Hans Bacher, you know, famous art director, color designer, extraordinaire. German, right? Yeah, German. Mm -hmm. Um, I met him when I was about 16. And because in my life drawing class, uh, which was part of an art school, they said, um, or the art teacher there said, you know, he was so crazy about Disney, and he was just rolling his eyes. He did not like Disney at all. <laughs> but he says, I just had a, a student graduating from our program, and he's also mad about animation, and you should really hook up with him. And he he felt kind of sorry for both of us, you know. And uh, so he gave me Hans's phone number, and we hooked up and, be, and became friends. And uh, so I thought, well, I'm just going to go to the same school that you went to then. Mm-hmm. But he did warn me. He said, there's no animation course, but they really focus on life drawing, illustration. And I said, well... That's what the studio at Disney just told me, to focus on drawing. So I went there for four years. But in terms of animation study, that was all self-taught. Again, with Super 8 movies and um, reading everything you can about Disney and yeah. you know, learning the Disney style even. And I'm
0: sure back then it was a lot harder to find information,
1: especially was, in Europe. There was nothing. There was one book, Die Kunst des Zeichenfilms, The Art of Animation, which was out of print because it came out in 1960. Mm and I had to go to this one library and keep rechecking it out but there was nothing the occasional uh, newspaper article you know wow. so but if you're motivated it actually makes you look for things and search things you know and there's something to be said about that you know because I didn't have anything I didn't have money nothing but I had a, I had an enthusiasm
0: mm-hmm. and were you, were
1: you still contacting the studio
0: or anyone at the studio or were you just kind of like Plotting and planning and, and setting up your thing.
1: and Basically, yeah, yeah. I really totally focused on learning how to how to draw. And I had a pre- pretty good eye of what was a good drawing and a bad drawing, I think. And I immediately tuned into these Milt Carl scenes. I didn't even know that there was, there was a guy called Milt, Milt Carl uh, who was sort of keyed all these Disney movies. But I loved his scenes because they looked so beautiful and different. And uh, I thought, man, that's the drawing level. Holy moly. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, just sort of stayed focused on drawing. Then I, made, I got in touch with Disney again when I was like three quarters through my art studies, so maybe three years off of art school, because I bought a book in an international bookstore in Cologne on the making of Raggedy Ann and Andy, written by John Kanemaker. Ah, okay. And uh, I thought it was a fascinating book about the making of an animated film, lots of sketches and drawings in it. And toward the end, there was a chapter on Disney Studios now, like in, in the mid- mid-70s, mm-hmm. basically and uh mid late 70s and that a picture of Frank and Ollie and Eric Larson and again that is it, it just became real again right and they talked about, in this book, John, John Kameker talked about the training program that Eric Larson was heading up at the studio. And I thought, a training program? This i got to find out about. So I wrote a letter to Eric Larson, Walt Disney Studios. Um, I just asked him, is there any material, any brochures, anything that might help me? And he basically said, well, we don't really have anything. We work with people here at the studio on the spot and teach them here the art of animation. But he did send me this brochure called, Disney is looking for some colorful new characters. It was this very beautiful fold-out thing talking about phases of animation, layout artists, animators, cleanup, you know. So that was kind of nice yeah. uh, that he sent that to me. And I got re-energized again. And uh, Eric offered more help if I had any more questions. He was really nice. Wow, that's amazing. I mean... Yeah, this uh, kid from Germany didn't yeah. even know my, my, my art yet or how I drew or anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I did eventually, uh, I think after the third letter, I thought I, sh- I should send Eric some of my drawings just to see what he thinks, even though it would be a, scary. a very scary thought. And I got some life drawings together, some cartoon work, animal drawings, copied them, and just sent them off. And just like, was just waiting nervously, you know, for an answer. And then he wrote back, you know, he was very impressed with my work and the analysis in it of action and mood. And talked about a few other things. And the last sentence was, you know, animation is a very rewarding art form, and I think you've got what it takes. And I just about died. Yeah,
0: it gives but me chills, you know. Just, I died. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then Eric also uh, announced that he was going to be in Germany for a day with his girlfriend, Hazel, because his, his wife had passed away. And I remember his girlfriend, Hazel. Um, and he was going to be in Hamburg. And uh, I talked about Hans. My friend Hans was also in, in, into animation. And he offered for us to see him in Hamburg and visit him. And so it's a long trip from Dinslaken, where we live, this small town, to Hamburg. It's about a seven-hour drive. Mm-hmm. But we didn't care. Yeah. You know. So Hans's wife drove us up there and we met with him. And once once Eric found out that we drove seven hours to meet him. He was embarrassed. He said, "Oh, I wouldn't even have asked you to come. I thought you guys just live half an hour." He thought, "I don't know if he thought that Germany was a small country, right? You know, um, he felt so embarrassed." He said, "No, no, it's okay, it's okay." You know, <laughs> and then the other the other problem was that our English was pretty bad, and we understood about fifty percent of what Eric was saying, and Eric kind of went off kind of talking oh, kind really? of with closed lips, you know. So I was just staring at his lips, trying to what he was just saying and I was getting angry at myself because I probably just missed this great information that he might have. But I stayed in touch with Eric and he, you know, eventually he got me in. I, I thought that I had heard about CalArts and I thought maybe I should go to CalArts after my studies and uh, had no idea how much <laughs> it would cost anyway. I would never have been able to afford that at the time. And Eric said no, he said uh, your drawing ability is already better than most applicants so you should come to the studio straight away and, and I did. Wow. I graduated my, at my art school in July of 1980. I think it was June and I started at Disney in August. Wow. So I didn't miss a beat.
0: Well, that concludes part one of the interview with Andreas. It should end up being three different parts. I'm pretty sure this won't be the only time I get to talk to Andreas. He said that uh, he'd like to talk about the nine old men and uh, analyzing animation, and so there's a bunch of things he'd like to share, and uh, I'd be more than happy to let him do it. There's just a couple of things I want to cover in regards to the animation podcast. I would love to hear your feedback on the show. There's a few ways you can do that. The first is to go to the site at www.animationpodcast.com And there you can comment on the individual podcasts. You can also send me an email at animationpodcast at gmail.com. The third way you can contact the show is kind of cool. It's an audio comment line where you can call area code 206-666-ANM8. That spells animate. So it's 206-666-2668. Also, if you'd like to email me an audio file of some commentary or feedback, I'd be happy to try to get it into the show. And remember, you can always find all this information on the website. A little bit about the music on the show. The theme song is by DJ Sweet Tooth, uh, also known as character designer extraordinaire Joe Mosier, very talented artist and uh, budding DJ. And the background music you're hearing now is by animator Bob Davies. I know there's a lot of musical animators out there, so if you'd like to have your music played on the Animation Podcast and you own the rights to it, send it to me at animationpodcast at gmail.com and I'd be thrilled to fit it into the show. Finally, one last thing. If you like the Animation Podcast, I'd appreciate it if you went to Podcast Alley and cast a vote for me. You can find a link in the sidebar of the main page of animationpodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time.